0: Hi, this is Casey Treat. I'm pastor at Christian Faith, and we are excited to have you with us on our podcast. Thanks for joining in. I'm praying that you're going to hear a word that will inspire you, empower you to connect with Jesus and become more like him. That's what we live for. That's what's happening on today's podcast. How's it going, Christian Faith? Center, you guys doing good today? How about the back? How are you guys doing back there online? Welcome. Thanks for taking time and connecting in with us wherever you are. Hey, we're gonna conclude our series on dreams that we've started the year with. And I wanna talk to you for a few minutes today on having a God dream. I think many of us are unsure of our dreams or unsure of the dreams that God has given us. There's, there's a sense that I have it, but I'm not sure of it. In my opinion, uh, even from my own ex- experience, uh, uncertainty in our dreams, in, in many cases, leaves us paralyzed. Let me say it this way. Many of us uh, aren't actively pursuing the dream that God's called us to live because we're not 100% sure that that's the direction, that this is the place, that this is the thing that God's called us to. Does so that make sense? And so because we're, we're afraid, we're hesitant, we're nervous to make the wrong decision, we'd rather make no decision, right? And because we're afraid to go the wrong route, to go the wrong journey, to take the wrong turn, we'd rather do nothing to make sure that we don't make the wrong decision. The problem with that thinking is the devil loves an inactive Christian because an inactive Christian is the same as a dead Christian. They're doing nothing. And so as long as the devil can keep you paralyzed in your decision-making, he's good leaving you there. Quiet crowd, third service, okay? Uh, we can stir it up a little bit, but a little nervous already. You're like, ooh, this starts a little heavy all, all of a sudden. Many of us aren't are actively going after the dreams that God has put on the inside of us because we're nervous wondering, questioning, going, is this the call? Is this the dream? Is this the course? Is this the journey? Is this what you've called me to? So we, we ask questions like, is that the right person? Is this the right college? Is this the right job? Should I do this or do that? Should I take this opportunity or that opportunity? Should I do this or not do that? And many of us in asking God to help us make decisions when we don't have such like an audible, clear do this, go to this college, marry this person, in our fear to make the wrong choice, have left ourselves doing nothing. So we haven't reached people. We haven't served people. We haven't made an impact. We haven't made a difference. We haven't done what we were created to do because we're so afraid of doing the wrong thing that we've done nothing. Nothing. So I want, to, I want to help us today for a few minutes pursue a God dream and give you some ideas in, in the journey that you're going to have to take to pursue the dream God's called you to pursue. I want to help you lock in a few things so you could say, yeah, that's what God's called me to. Yeah, that's what God has for me. Yeah, that's what God has put on the inside of me so that you no longer live paralyzed, but you can become active in the life that God's called you to live. The first thing you're going to need... To have a God dream is to hear God's voice. Go with me to 1 Samuel. Go with me to 1 Samuel. It's in the Old Testament. In the, towards the beginning of your Bibles, 1 Samuel chapter 3. We're going to read verses 4 through 10. This is a story of a young boy named Samuel who grew up in the temple. His parents dedicated him to God. He was raised in the temple. And at the time, the, the priest of that time was named Eli and we're going to pick up the story in 1 Samuel 3, verse 4 through 10. It says, the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, here I am. So he ran to Eli, the priest, and said, here I am, for you called me. And he said, I did not call. Lie down again. And he went and lay down. Then the Lord called again, Samuel. So Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. He answered, I did not call you, my son. Lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again a third time. So he arose and went to Eli and said, I'm pretty freaking sure you called me. It's in, the, it's in the Hebrew. It's the deep study, but it's there. Samuel's like, listen, Joker, you're calling me. This isn't funny anymore. Eli perceived the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, go lie down, and it shall be if he calls you that you must say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and laid down in his place. Though no, the Lord came and stood and called as he did other times, Samuel, Samuel, and, answer, and Samuel answered, Speak, for your servant hears. The first thing you're gonna need in a God dream is to hear God's voice. The problem with many of us hearing God's voice is God's been calling us, we've been running to the wrong person. That was better than most of you responded. That was really great. Sony's write that down. Yeah, that's all. online. You're welcome. I'm not very grateful. That was for you. to To get a God dream, you're going to need to hear God's voice. The problem is, many of us have been being called. God is calling many of us, but we're running to the wrong person. We're running to a spouse, we're running to a parent, we're running to our friends, and every time God quickens something on the inside of you and says, start this, go there, witness, give, join a life group, start a life group, Give that offering. Start that mission. Go out and serve someone. Witness to that person. Pray for that person. Write that song. Write that poetry. Paint that picture. Step out in faith. Every time God calls you on the inside, you keep running to your friends and not to God. And you keep saying, what do you think on this? What should I do? No, no, no. You should run to God when God calls God, the best part about our God is that he's a speaking God. He's a present God. He's a close God. He came to be with you. He's given you a royal invitation into his presence. God so loved the world that he sent his son. He didn't say, remove from us or far from us. No, we serve a present, close God that speaks to us. And if you're not hearing him, it's not because he's not speaking. It's because you're not listening. He is trying to speak to you. The problem is when he speaks, you probably keep running to the wrong source. Sometimes we don't even run to bad people. Samuel ran to Eli, the priest. But when God speaks to you, you can't run to your parent. You can't run to your spouse. You can't even run to our pastor and say, Pastor, no, no, no. Pastor did not quicken your spirit and say, Witness, that was God. He's not calling you saying, step out in faith. Get out of the boat and walk on water. Get out of the boat and start that company. Get out of the boat and start that marriage. get out of the- Stop being so fearful and start the marriage that God has for you. Have the children that God has for you. Start the career. He, he, it's not pastor. It's not the life group. It's not your parent. It's not your spouse. It's God calling to you saying, respond to me. Run to me. Come to me. But too many of us are hearing God call and we're responding to our friends and we're trying to take what God's calling us to do and put it through their reasoning. What do you think I should do? Should I go to this college? Should I start this business? Should I take a step of faith? You can't run to the wrong person and get a God dream. Samuel, even when he ran to the priest, Eli said, oh, no, 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 son, I'm not calling you. That's God. The next time you hear that call, the next time you're in your Bible and you hear something on the inside of you, the next time you're worshiping and you feel something on the inside, the next time you're praying and God calls out to you, the next time that happens, say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. Now, as a parent, I begin to realize that there's many levels of hearing. You know what I'm talking about, parents? Recently, I was talking to my kids and Told them, you know, an attitude that I needed to be adjusted a little bit, and I heard some, some language, some talk, some whining. I was like, nope, hold up, come back over here. I was like, yo, did you hear me? Do you hear, Dad? Why am I asking if they heard me? Because as their father, I'm assuming that if it's heard, it'll be obeyed, right? So I'm at my. my the first step isn't discipline. The first step isn't issues. The first step, did you hear me, son? Did you hear, Dad? And as he's listening, is he realizing, oh, you're right. I was listening, but I didn't hear. Now that he hears, his actions are changed. Many of us, and I love the wisdom that Elah tells Samuel when God calls, say, Speak, for I hear. What is hearing? Uh, hearing is saying, When you tell me, I'm going to act. It's not saying when you speak, I'll evaluate. When you speak, I'll reason. When you speak, I'll see how I like it. No, 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 no. It's saying when you speak, I'll act. I hear you and I will respond to you. So my attitude will change. My actions will change. I'll take a step of faith. I'll risk more. I'll believe for more. I'll dream for more. I'll get out of the boat and walk on water. Why? Because I hear you. And as your son, when you speak, I respond. Eli said, Samuel, when he says it again, say, speak, for I hear. Are you hearing the voice of God today? If you're not hearing his voice, you probably can't live the dream that he has for you. I love Dr. Cho. It was a, he was a mentor and a leader for my parents, especially in the early years of the church. Dr. Cho at one point had built a church over a million members in. That's Unbelievable. He's passed away, he's with God, but he would always say, he quoted that visions and dreams are the language of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that good? Dreams are the language of the Spirit. God is going to speak to you through your visions and your dreams. He's trying to speak. Are you listening? Are you allowing your visions and your dreams to engage and talk with God? Second thing you're gonna need to know God dream. You're need God to speak. You're going to need a dream so big it re- requires God to achieve. Let me say it this way. If your dream today doesn't need God to achieve it, it wasn't from God. God will not give you a dream that doesn't need him to achieve it. So a God dream will require God to achieve it. What kind of dream do you have today? Could you achieve it on your own? Could you build that business that you're dreaming about on your own? Could you could you build that marriage on your own? Could you build that wealth on your own? Could you build that influence on your own? Because if you could do it on your own, then it wasn't from God. God is only going to give you a dream that requires Him to achieve it. The dream that He's given you should be so wild. It should be so big that it, it should impact so many people. It should be so far beyond you. It should be impossible when it looks like. When when people look at you, like really, you're going to do that? Yep, that's really what God's called you to do. Yep. I, think about it. For I always use this, but I just love I love how our pastors, my parents, when they're when they're in their 20s and they're telling people, we're just going to build a church that changes the Northwest. Really, that's YouTube. That's awesome. We got a little we got a little pastor's kid from Wenatchee that just is. Bless her heart. She went witnessing uh, at night in uh, downtown Seattle when they first moved here. I'm not sending my daughter when she's 17 years old out in the middle of Seattle at night to witness door knock. Like, do you know Jesus? Nope. Bless her heart. But that's what she did. She just loved people. We had her and then my dad, who was just getting out of a drug rehab that the state was like, we're not suggesting it, we're actually ordering you to go. That's a big difference. And so getting out of rehab, they're like, we're gonna start a church and reach the state. People looking at them like, mm, I'm pretty sure that's not gonna happen actually. That's really not a God dream. And now look at what God has done and what God is doing because they risked a dream that was so far beyond them that it had to be a dream that God spoke to them, and it had to be a dream that would require God to achieve. The same is true for you. There's a dream in you that God has placed there that should be bigger than you, should be more profound, should reach more people. Okay, now here's the difference between what a real God dream is. This is not a God dream. Just because I'm saying it should be bigger than you and you shouldn't be able to achieve it, if I started claiming that my dream from God was to play in the NBA, that would be crazy. That would not be a dream from God. Why? Because I'm almost 40 and I'm white. The two things that go together means no NBA dreams. Right, when those two things come together, it's like a, it's like a guarantee, like you're white and you're almost 40, uh, nope. If, like if that happened, that would be like an instant Disney classic. Like they'd make a movie of me if that ever happened. They'd be like, "Oh wow, like we're gonna we're gonna watch that on the Hallmark Channel, right?" Who would play me, Toss? I'm just kidding. Let's go down that road. Just kidding. See, here's the difference between, oh, that's awesome. No, that's not a god dream. You know what that is? That would be a fantasy. That wouldn't be a dream. And too many of us today are wanting God to fulfill our fantasies and claiming we're dreaming big. You're not dreaming big. You're selfish. Ooh, right? We're, and so God is not looking to fulfill your fantasies. He's looking to fulfill your dreams. Here's the difference. Fantasies are about you. Dreams are about people. Your dreams will always serve people, love people, impact people. Your dream will always make someone else's life better. Your fantasies are all about oh, making me better, uh, my income, my money, my wealth, my comforts. And too many of us are dreaming about fantasies of comforts over dreaming about changing the world for Jesus. God is not about fulfilling fantasies. He's about reaching dreams. That's the difference. And too many of us are dreaming of fantasies. And God's like, that's not what I do. That's not what I give. I didn't give you that fantasy. I gave you dreams. You know, the other thing, and I don't, I don't know if this has just always been an issue or maybe it's just in our culture today, we've kind of made it an issue. But I think too many Christians, when we hear things like dreams and calling, we subconsciously equal that to career. I think many of us, when we hear dreams, oh, God's got a calling for my life. God's got a dream for my life. That has to somehow equal our income. What am I paid to do? What do I do for work? What do I do for a career? What, do I, what does my company do? And God is big enough to make both succeed, but he didn't say that they both are the same. Now they can be the same, but they don't have to be the same. I love watching our worship team all of these people are, are volunteers. We got ta- Tasha's on staff. And, and you, want to, you want to know a funny fact? Tasha's main, the main part of her job actually isn't music. You're like, wait, what else does she do? She does a lot of other stuff. We're not going to go into that right now. Like, a lot of lip syncing, a lot of, just kidding. <laughs> kidding. It's cheap. I'll get over it one day, guys. But think about this. Tasha says, most of her job on staff isn't about music. So let me, stay with me for a minute. I love watching our worship team. I love watching our kids team. Why? Because these are people that their dream is to lead you into the presence of God. And then tomorrow they go do another job. I love watching our kids' teachers in there. They're teaching children. They love the kids. They're all inspiring, and they, they motivate pe- these kids to realize that Jesus loves them. We're not babysitting. We're letting our kids know that Jesus cares about them, loves them, that Jesus is real, that Jesus is present, that they, can re- that they can run to Jesus if they're hurting, if they're lost, if they're confused. We're trying to make sure that they know that Jesus is real. And then tomorrow, those kids' workers go to their jobs. You see, they can achieve their dreams, which is to, some of these worship leaders, like they're so gifted and anointed to lead our church into the presence of God. That's a dream on the inside of their heart that they're materializing every single weekend. And that pays none of their bills. But they're living their dreams and being, and they're impacting people and they're serving people and they're loving you and they're loving God. My point is sometimes your dreams and your, and your paycheck don't have to be the same. But too often in America, or just in this modern Christian culture, we think when we hear calling, we have to hear career. And that's not what the Bible says. Now, sometimes those overlap. And maybe in your future, as your dream keeps growing and growing and growing, maybe one day it will become something that pays you, but today it might not. But don't not do it just because it doesn't make the paycheck you want. Write that song, write that poetry, paint that painting, start that business, do what's in your heart and just see what God does when you start pursuing your dreams no matter what they produce. If it's in you, go after it and pursue it. But stop, stop hearing when he says dreams, when he says calling, it has to equal career. It might not. You have to let God, here's the deal, God is big enough for your dreams and your career to both succeed. He can do both. So don't minimize God just because you're nervous over one. Proverbs 13, 12, I think a lot of us have heard this verse says, hopes deferred make the heart sick. Hopes deferred make you feel sick. I think many of us have sacrificed our dreams on the altars of logic. Oh, this doesn't make any sense. I can never do that. I can never achieve that. I can never be that. I can never reach that. I can never employ that many people. I can never make that much money. I can never serve that many people. I can never host a life group. I can never have a healthy marriage. I can never write a book. I can never make an album. I could never plant a missionary. I could never plant a church. I could never, I could never, I could never. And you've killed your dreams on the altars of your logic. Here's the problem with that. Hopes defer make the heart sick. Many of us today are living sick because we've killed our dreams and our hopes have been lost. And you might not know it. You might not be able to clearly say, that's the dream I gave up. But every day you go to work without your dreams being worked on and, and lived in is a day your hopes have been lost. It's another day where you're more sick you're more irritated, you're more sad, you're more angry, you're more depressed, you have more anxiety, you, you, feel, you feel more lost than ever because hopes have been lost because your dreams were killed on the altar of, I'm just too mature for that. I'll just never do that. Many of us the dreams that we had as children, maybe the dreams that you felt awaken in you the day you met Jesus and you followed Jesus and you gave your life to Jesus. And all of a sudden, all these dreams and all these ideas and all these hopes became alive in your spirit. And from that day to this, you just said, no, I could never. No, I could never. No, I can. That doesn't make any sense. And how would I ever achieve that? And you've killed those dreams and we're living sick. There's a quote that I wrote down from Picasso. He says, every child is born an artist. The problem is to remain an artist when we grow up. You were born to be a dreamer. It's a nat—it's your natural state. Problem is, many of us in our maturity have lost that dreamer. Many of us on the altar of logic have killed our dreams. But the problem is that God gave you a dream that you can not achieve on your own. So... If it came down to logic, none of us could achieve our dreams. That's the whole point. A dream should be beyond you. A dream should be bigger than you. A dream should impact your family. It should impact your community. It should impact the generations to come from you. It should impact people's lives. And logic should never cap your dream. You'll never be able to live your calling with a capped dream. You'll never be able to live out the life you were created to live if you cap your dreams with logic and, oh, this doesn't make any sense, and I'll never be able to. You'll never live the life you were created. So let me say it this way. You were created to impact eternity. And until you start doing that, you'll always feel below your created self. Your life was created to make an impact on eternity, on forever. I'm not saying you were created to impact America. I'm saying you were created to impact eternity. It's much bigger than Kent. It's much bigger than Tacoma. It's much bigger than Wash. It's much bigger than America. It's much bigger than this world. You were created to be an eternal impact maker. And if you're not doing that, you're living below your created values. You're a dreamer. You were created to impact people. Are you? Or have you allowed your dreams to die on altars of logic? Last thing, dreams need to be watered. Dreams got to hear God's voice. Dreams got to be bigger than what you could achieve on your own, and dreams need to be watered. Are you watering your dream? Mark four twenty six says, everything in the kingdom of God is a seed. For the kingdom of God is a seed. This is what God's, everything that God does looks like this. You want some wisdom? There's some wisdom. You want a better marriage? Let me give you some peace. You want a better marriage? Let me give you some understanding. You want a better marriage? Let me give you some long-suffering. I didn't give you the better marriage. I gave you what it took to grow a better marriage. I, God, I need a company. Great, here's some, here's some faith. Here's some wisdom. Like, I'm giving you what it takes. I'm, see, everything in God's kingdom comes in seed form. So I will give you the seeds that you need to produce what you're going after. I won't give you the great marriage. I'll give you the seeds for a great marriage, the seeds for a great company. I'll, see, I brought you the right person. You develop that person. You steward that person. You grow that person. You grow your staff. You grow your employers. Like, you, you, you develop it. You build it. I get, everything in God's kingdom is seed form. Let me say it this way. Everything in your life is the fruit of what you've watered most. So what are you watering? Because whatever, whatever has grown in your life has, has been what you've watered most. So are you watering your fears or your faith? You are watering your dreams or your doubts? Do you water your excuses more than your faith? I just can't do that. You don't know why. You don't know my past. You know what I've done. You know where I've been. You know I have my failures. And you know my family and the divorce and my education. I can't. You, man, you could write a dissertation on your excuses, but you ain't got nothing to show for your life. Why? Because you're, a, you're you got a master's degree in excuses, but you ain't got no dreams. Too many of us have too many reasons why we can't, and those can'ts keep growing because we keep watering them. I could never do that. I could just never do that. I couldn't do that either. I, I, can you do anything? You got anything to, to fight for, anything to believe for, anything to go after, anything to use your faith for. Everything in God's kingdom is seed for. I got a picture of, the, of Death Valley real quick. You ever been to Death Valley? It's down there in California. Look at how dead that thing looks. I mean, this is so dead that even the sand's cracked. Sand is like, we give up. We so dry, we breaking. Like, that's, that's hot, hot. That is dead. Even the sand is like, tap out. This is ridiculous. What is going on? Like, the ground has cracked. But every few years, every decade or so, recent, uh, a few years ago, a storm will come through and the, 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 the valley, the, uh, this desert will get overwatered just out of nowhere. Just, just storms and floods come through. Can you show, show me this next photo, guys? Death Alley. Look at this. They call it a super bloom. Every once in a while, waters come and flood this desert. But hold up. Where do them flowers come from? Look like a lot of your dreams. Problem is, which picture is your dreams? Which picture is yours? You see the seed was in the ground the whole time. The flowers were there the whole time. But they weren't seen until they were watered. You see a God dream needs to be watered. God dreams require that water. But too many of us aren't watering our dreams. We're not pouring faith on our dreams. We're not standing in faith on our dreams. We're not speaking to the mountains. The too many of us have said, God, this is too small. What can I do with this? Look at this little seed. I can't even pick it up. Jesus. <laughs> you see, the, the struggle with the seed is I could count the seeds in an apple, but I can't count the apples in a seed. Right? See, many of you have despised the seed that God's given you because it doesn't look like the harvest that you asked for. God, I asked for, I asked for a business. I gave you, I gave you that business. I asked for a good marriage, I gave you the good marriage. God, I asked for an income, I asked for savings, I asked for generational wealth, I asked for health, I gave you that too. Asked for, I asked to be freed of this addiction, I gave you that. I asked to break free of this. Poverty, yeah, I gave you that. Yeah, God, I asked to be an overcomer. God, I asked for a dream. Yeah, that dream is in there. Now water and see what happens. God, it looks like a desert to me. Yeah, the seeds are there, but it needs some water. Too many of us, are looking at a desert. Are looking at our future. Are looking at our family. Are, are, are making excuses. Well, you just don't know what I've done. You don't know where I've been. I've, I've failed. I don't have an education, and my parents were divorced, and I'll probably get divorced. And you know, my, I just don't have much of a future. I don't have much of hope, and yeah, I'm just not like your family and if I had your parents and if I had your upbringing and then I could have done something with myself but I just didn't have all that and I'm just behind and I just will never and we have so many excuses and God's like no, no I have given you exactly what you need it's in seed form the problem is you've left it in seed form and let it die in a desert but what happens if those dreams got a little bit of water what happens if you started watering the dreams that God has put on the inside of you. What could come? What innovation could come out of your dreams? What breakthrough could come out of your dreams? How many people could be served and helped and loved and witnessed to? What missions could start? What people could be impacted? How many generations to come from you could be impacted because of the dream you were willing to fight for and the watering that you're willing to commit to to see the harvest come? What could happen if your dreams just got a little bit of water. Too many of us are burying our seed under doubt and fear and hesitation and excuses and you don't know and if you only and if my life and my failures and my past and I can't we keep burying that seed but what if some water started to get into the cracks of your life? And if your dreams were awoken again. Bank can come to the stage. Matthew 7. Turn me to Matthew 7 really quick and we'll Wind this up as the band comes to the stage. Watch this, watch this. This is where we started. Matthew 7, 24, Jesus is speaking. He says, whoever hears these sayings of mine, whoever hears me. See, dreams start with hearing God's voice. And Jesus is saying it again right here in Matthew. Whoever hears me and does it will be like him to a wise man who built his house on the rock and the rains descent and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on the house but it did not fall because it was built on the rock but everyone who hears me but doesn't do it will be like a fool who built his house on sand the rain comes and the wind blows and the house will fall and great was its fall whoever hears these sayings and does them See, it starts with hearing God's voice. He says, when you hear me, you'll build right. You'll build your house right. You'll build your marriage right. You'll build your parenting right. You'll build your, your companies right. You'll build your education right. You'll build your decisions right. You'll build your life right. So when the waters come, you see, church, because the same waters that have the ability to water your seeds, it's the same water that has the ability to reveal your foundation. See, God sent storms to the desert and it was the storm that revealed the flowers. It was the storm that revealed that there was seed in the ground and it was the storm that revealed the foundation. And many of us have seen the hard things we've gone through, the struggles we've gone through, the battles that we've fought, the, the past that we went through, the family we went through, the issues that we've had. And we've seen those storms and we've said, God, you tried to end me. And my foundation was shook and my strength, and it became an excuse to use to not dream. But that was the storm that wasn't trying to injure your foundation. It was trying to grow the seed that's in the ground the whole time. It was trying to bring the flowers in the desert, not trying to wreck the house on the sands. The problem is if you didn't start hearing God's voice and you built wrong. But that water didn't come to ruin you, it came to grow you. But too many of us can't see the seeds because we're focused on the storm. We haven't seen the flowers because we're so focused complaining about the rain. And God's like, I need the rain to get to the seed. That battle, that struggle that hardship, that fight you went through, the past you endured, what you overcame, what you grew out of, what you over, the thing that you fought, the giant that was, in, it was before you was not supposed to end you. It was trying to water the flowers. It was trying to grow the seed. It was trying to grow the dream on the inside of you. You see, God sent a giant to a boy not to kill David but so David could rise above a giant. God sent three Jewish boys to a fire not to end their life but to reveal the dreams those on the inside of them. God sent Daniel into a lion stand not to kill him from a lion but to rise up him in the nation. God is trying to use the very things that the devil sent to end you, to grow the seed that God has planted in you. The battles, the struggles, the abuse, the pain, the past that you went through, that the devil's trying to use against you, God is trying to use to water the seeds that He's planted on the inside of you. It's those very storms that God has been trying to use to grow the seed in your life. Stop looking at the storms and casting the storms out. It's not the storm that you should be complaining about. You should be saying, bring on the water, because when it leaves, y'all, y'all gonna wanna see when it grows. It may have ended their life. It may have ended their life. It may have been something that stopped someone else, but it's not gonna stop me. It's gonna show off the grace on my life, the anointing that's on my life, the calling that's on my life. God's got something on the inside of me and this storm didn't know about it. This storm just revealed it. It's just revealing in me what's been there the whole time. You thought it was going to end me? No, it just revealed me. I got a harvest on the inside of me. I got some dreams on the inside of me. I'm here to shake this planet for the glory of God, and a storm can't stop it. sit down. Someone, just give me one more second. I got, a, I got one second left. I lost my second. Someone on, online right now, So there's a person here, and you thought a storm was supposed to wreck you. You thought that abuse you went through ended you. You thought that that, a, that, a, that abortion you had. You thought that divorce that you had. You thought your past, you thought that addiction, you thought those drugs, you thought that disqualifies you. It didn't. God's gonna use it as water on the seed that he had in your heart when he made you. You thought, but I'm broken. No, you're not broken. That storm is watering you. But you don't know where I've been. I don't know, I don't care. That storm is watering you. The same waters that reveal a broken foundation are the waters that can grow the seeds in my, in my life. this and we'll close this is what God does everything God does everything God does seed the kingdom of God is like a seed seed this is God so help my company great here's some seed help my marriage here's some seed help my help my writing here's some seed help the book in me here's some seed help my sales here's some seed help what I'm trying to build here's some seed everything that you ask for from God will come in a seed Everything if you're dreaming about it, it's gonna come in a seed. This is what God does, He plants seeds in your life, but too many of us, our dreams look more like finished chairs, and we're asking God for chairs, but God doesn't build chairs, God grows trees. God's like, I don't, I don't, I don't build chairs, I grow trees the chair is in here. You do it. I'll grow it. You build it. I'll grow it. You build it. No, God, I really need a great marriage. Great. Wisdom's in there. Patience is in there. Long-suffering is in there. What you need for the marriage I've called you to have, yeah, that dream marriage, it's in there. No God, I just need—I just need a finished marriage. God, I need a business. Give me a business. Great, I gave you wisdom. I gave you the ideas. I gave you an anointed imagination. I gave you everything. I gave you the skills and the talent and the drive and the work ethic. I gave it to you. No, 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 God. No, I want—I just want a chair. He's like, but I don't make chairs. I grow trees. Now you take the tree that I grew and you make the chair that's in your heart. You make the company that's in your heart. You make the marriage that's in your heart. You raise the children that's in your heart. You write the song that's in your heart. You write the book that's in your heart. You do it, I'll grow some trees, but you need to build some stuff. And too many of our dreams look like finished product and God's like, I don't do finished product. I grow things, you make things. I grow, you, but here's the, here's the thing family. I love this. I love this because I, I can't grow this. So I don't know why I keep complaining about my part in the equation. If he were to flip the equation, I couldn't do the other part. I can't grow wisdom. I, I can't grow. That's not in me. That's a fruit of the spirit. The spirit has to grow spiritual things in me. I can't grow things of the Spirit. I could just, they can grow in me, but I can't personally, I can't grow seed. I can't make seed. I can't grow seed, but I can make a chair. So if God's willing to grow the trees I need, I will do the work it takes to make the. T- Here's, it, if God will grow the trees here, I will work the rest of my life building campuses, building life groups, building people, building worship teams. I will work my life building the chairs that we need to change this Northwest for God. He'll grow the trees. I'll build a church, and we'll reach more campuses, more people, more life groups, more dream teamers, and we will change more marriages. We'll restore more people, free people from addiction and pains, and we'll do what it takes to build the chairs, and God will just keep growing the trees. And it's the same in your life. God is trying to grow some trees if you would be willing to build some chairs and live the dream that God has put on the inside. Thank you so much for joining with us today. I'm praying that you heard something that will impact your life. If you'd like more information, connect with us at the Christian Faith Church app or go to the website at christianfaith.us.